A couple of weeks ago, we started uh, talking about the, the church, and I'd like to talk about, continue talking about that. I didn't want to get any rush or anything. Uh, we started out uh, proving that the church was not just one big church. It was local churches. There was individual churches. The Lord started the first church at Jerusalem, and out of that came other churches. Uh, John wrote to the seven churches in Revelation. We see other churches uh, mentioned. So it's not just one big church that kept growing. There's many things that would uh, let us know that that's not the case. Um, and then last week we talked about the ecclesia, which is the Greek name for the church. But it's a, it's a called out assembly is what it, it means. And there is a... a uh, word in the Old Testament that is similar to that as well. And you can even hear, uh, read the church uh, in the wilderness. So Israel was a called out people, and it would not be improper to call it a church because it says church in the wilderness, that's what it's referring to. But it's not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the same as the New Testament church. The New Testament church could not be started until the chief cornerstone was in place. So we, we wanted to make mention of that again, but so it, it couldn't have been in the Old Testament. Now, Jesus Christ, of course, is eternal. We understand that. But he was not in place as the chief cornerstone until he came uh, and was uh, set as the chief cornerstone. Uh, talked about Pentecost, it, it was added to the church, so the church was already there. It was added to because some people think that Pentecost is when the church started, but it was added to Pentecost, but it was not started at that particular time. Uh, so as we, as we study this on the church, we might say, well, you know, I understand what the church is, and that's great, but we need, I believe, we need to be able to explain to other people what what the church is and, and its value and why it's, why it's important. So with this study, uh, we pray that that'll be the, the fruit from this. So we talk about the church and, again, how important it is. Uh, and we'll also see, and I uh, hope to do this in a way that we're not talking about my words or my opinion, but by the scriptures, that there's no rewards outside of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And hopefully the scriptures will, will show us that. Now, when I make a statement like that, haven't backed it up with scriptures yet, but I said no reward, no fruit outside, no fruit outside the Lord's church, I want to back it up with scripture. But it's easier to see and understand when we can see it in the scriptures, not just, well, as a kid. I never did like when I'd ask my parents something and, and they'd give me an answer I didn't really like, and I'd say, well, why? And they'd say, just because I said so. <laughs> I never did like that answer. You know, it's probably the answer I deserved. I probably wouldn't have understood anyway, but anyway, just because I said so. I never did really like that answer, and even now I don't. So we can say, there's, I can say the words, there's no rewards outside the church, um, no fruit outside the church. But if we can understand the, the why, why I make that statement, and the, script, and the scriptures will back us up, it makes it a little easier to understand and easier to explain to others as well. So as, as we understand 
the comforter. Then it all becomes more clear. And you say, well, we've talked about the comfort before. Well, yes, we, we talked about the comfort before. We talked about Jesus before. We talked about God before. The comforter is uh, an office of the Holy Spirit. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, but the comforter uh, plays an important role in us understanding why the church, why there's no fruit outside the Lord's church. So this is what we'll be looking for this morning. Uh, so just, you know, what, what is the comforter and its relation to the church? I want to first go to John, Gospel of John, chapter 15. Now, the word comforter is not mentioned here, but we can cer certainly see uh, the value of this as the Lord uh, opens our eyes to this. So, again, we're not going to see the word comforter, comforter here. But we're going to see and, and, and see the value of being connected to this vine. And Dolores, I remember uh, Brother Olson, and you remember it because it made quite an impression on you. Out in the old building, he brought a, uh, one of Myrtle's plants and vine, and he was making a demonstration about being in the vine and out of the vine and everything. So, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 15, and let's just read the first eight verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every uh, branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide, abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do, and the word is nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask uh, what ye will, and it shall be done to you. In this is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples." So there's a, a lot here in this, and again, the word comforter is not used here, but certainly uh, it's uh, front and center in this. So, starting in, in verse 1, I am the true vine. That tells us something. What does that tell you? He didn't just say, I'm the vine. He says, I'm the true vine. Doesn't that tell you there are vines that are not true? There are false vines out there that are not true? Otherwise, you wouldn't need to say that. He could have just said, I'm the vine, but he says, I am the true vine. So that should give us a heads up that there are false vines out there. Uh, so the false vine, we'll see, well, our Lord here is a heavenly vine. 
the false vine is an earthly vine. We can see that in James as well. But this false vine also bears fruit. And when the scripture is talking about vine, most time it's talking about grape and comes from that was the wine that they made and everything. So from this earthly vine or the non-true vine, there also is a fruit that comes from that. And uh, then there's a, a wine that comes from that. And uh, that is the bad wine that we spoke about just a few weeks ago. I can't remember when it was. Just a few weeks ago, uh, uh, wine. Sometimes it looks like it's okay to, to drink wine. Sometimes in the scriptures, it's not okay to drink wine. And, it, and the, the key to it was the type of wine that it was. So here, the, of course, they would be made drunk. And then it says that they were drunk, but not with wine. And they staggered, but not with strong drink. It was a doctrine. So here, this is where that doctrine comes from. Not the true vine. There's fruit and wine from the true vine. And there's fruit and wine from the earthly vine. Uh, so I want to bring that out. We need to realize, he said, I'm the true vine. But there are false vines out there. Uh, verse 4. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So, he says, I'm, again, I'm the true vine. And you're not going to bring forth any fruit outside the true vine. That's not my opinion. That's what the scripture says. And again, we'll understand the why of that uh, a little later as we understand more uh, the connection with the Spirit and the Comforter. But he said, you abide in me and I in you. Galatians says, as many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So baptism is the way that the Lord has set up for his sheep to be part of the vine, to be part of the body. He could have done it however he wanted. That is the way. Now, there's people that are baptized uh, without the proper authority, and, and, and that doesn't make them God's child. But that's the way he brings his sheep and makes them part of that vine, is through baptism. As many have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So... Abide in me, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. So, we look at this vine, and again, we think of grapevines, which is, that was where they made their wine stuff from. We think of the grapevines. And... Uh, Every year, they trim those vines, the branches and everything, really trim them back really heavy and everything. But the fruit, and let me just say this, the branches don't produce the fruit. 
They bear the fruit, but the vine produces the fruit. Uh, the vine has the roots or down the ground that carries the saps, the substance up to the branches, and then the branches can bear fruit. Not produce fruit, bear fruit. And let me just go ahead and say this. I, I believe that the, that's a good picture of, of the comforter, which, which the vine brings up to the branches. Brother Willard, at one of our conferences many years ago, brought one of the most beautiful lessons on the comforter that I've ever heard. And what he used was the priesthood. And when we anoint, the, when the Old Testament, whenever they would anoint the priest, they would anoint him with oil from above. And there, there were, they had apothecaries or chemists, and they would make this, this certain type of oil and all these different ingredients to go in. It wasn't to be used on just for anything else, but it was poured on the, on the uh, priest to anoint them. Now, to be a priest, to offer up acceptable sacrifices, had to be an Israelite had to be of the seed of Aaron, and had to be, uh, uh, oh, no, an Israelite, the tribe of Levi, then the seed of Aaron, and then they would made a priest by anointing them with this oil and other things. And Willard brought that lesson out, this, the sweet savors and things in this oil that, that carried all the sweet uh, aromas and things like that that anointed the priest. And, and that's a beautiful picture of the comforter. It's what, it's what carries that. So if we look at the grapevine the same way, it brings everything and delivers it to the branches where fruit is, is born. Uh, and in verse 5, he says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Now we are talking about fruit bearing here. This is not talking about spiritual life or anything like that. This is strictly talking about fruit bearing. That's what this parable is about. Fruit bearing. Uh, we're not saying, nor the scripture implying that the people that are not connected to this vine are all going to the lake of fire. I'm not saying that. The scripture's not saying that. This is talking about fruit bearing. We'll say there's no fruit. No fruit outside the vine. Uh, verse 6. If, well, let's read 5 and 6 together. I am the vine. So this vine brings the sap, the nutrients to the branches and the, where they would bear the fruit that the vine produces. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So, uh, 
if we go back to the uh, vineyard and so forth, they, they prune these vines and everything. But then, because I don't want us to get carried away or, I, I guess, uh, too occupied with uh, cast them into fire and they are burned. Again, this talking, this talking about fruit bearing is what it's talking about. So they would trim the vines and everything. And they, just, they don't just leave those trimmings laid down there because they would have bacteria and so forth, which would affect uh, the vines and everything. So they gather them and burn them. Well, so what's this burning talking about then? It's not talking about the lake of fire. What is it talking about? Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Again, we're, this parable is talking about fruit bearing, not uh, who's going to heaven and who's going to the lake of fire. 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, let's see, actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 3.13. Well, let's, let's uh, go to verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall test or try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built upon it, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall not, or if any man's work shall be burned, it shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. So here it's talking about works. It's talking about fruit, gold, silver, precious stones, which stands the fire. In fact, even made it pure. Wood, hay, and stubble is burned. So that's what our text is really talking, or not, well, I guess we call it our text, John 15. It's talking about fruit bearing. It's not talking about who's going to heaven, who's going to the lake of fire. It's talking about fruit bearing. So, uh, verse 6, if any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And then verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Abide in Christ, and his words are in Christ. The true church is the body of Christ. Uh, well, many places tells us that, that the church is the body of Christ. So abiding in him, abiding in his true church. And again, the way the Lord has set it up, as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's the way that he uh, formerly puts them in the body or in the vine, I guess. But as we see the comforter, as we understand the comforter, this becomes uh, uh, more clear as far as the importance of being in the vine. And, of course, we already see it here. If they don't abide in the vine, they can do nothing. They can bear no fruit. And we certainly see that in the earthly example of, of a grapevine. If it's not attached to the vine, uh, it withers and it brings forth no fruit. And then uh, in verse 8, 
In this is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So, what is this fruit that glorifies the Father? We know we're not talking about grapes, and literal grapes, literal wine. So, what is this? What is this fruit? Well, Hebrews says, By hand, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That is the fruit that's produced by the vine through the branches, that we give all the honor and glory to him. And uh, Chuck, I, you've mentioned it. I think you brought it to my attention. You mentioned it several times. People say, well, what would Jesus do? And they used to have wristbands. WWJD, I guess it is. What would Jesus do? And you've made the statement many times. Well, he'd give all the honor and glory to the Father. So that's, that, that's the fruit that's produced from this heavenly vine that all the honor and glory would go to the Father. We offer the sacrifice of praise, fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Or, let me, I did leave out. By him, it says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise through our lips, giving thanks to his name. By him, we couldn't do it on our own. And that's what the parable of the vine is teaching us. By him, had to be connected to the vine or there is uh, no fruit. Uh, so it's, it's, I think it's very plain to see the importance of abiding in the true vine. Without him, you can do it says nothing. So, the true vine, which is Jesus Christ, which is the church, and that's where the fruit is produced that brings honor and glory unto him. This is where the sacrifice is offered. In the Old Testament, Sacrifice was to be offered in certain places. I'm not talking about geographical location, but in the vine, attached to the vine, which he is the vine, he's the head of the body, he is the church. That's where the true sacrifices are offered. Again, sacrifice of praise, food of our lips, giving thanks to his name. This is where it's mentioned here. He says, uh, and this is my father glorified. Glorified from his true churches, connected to the vine, the branches bearing the fruit that glorifies the Father. And this is my Father glorified, is what it says. Outside, nothing. Uh, Ephesians says, unto him be glory in the church. It's not a coincidence. But to him be glory. Again, this building is not the church, of course. But unto him be glory in the church, in the vine, where the, the comforter is that brings the, the nourishment to the branches that bears the fruit that the vine produces. So, unto him be glory in the church. Uh, and Ephesians also says, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That's where this is proclaimed in the Lord's true churches, not outside. 
So these are the facts according to the scripture. We can see so plainly the importance of abiding in the Lord's true churches. The vine and the vine which brings the, the sap and the, and the nourishment to the branches that bears the fruit. Or the, uh, in, in the, the church where the comforter is, uh, where the fruit is produced. Outside, it says nothing. So these are the facts. And so we can see the importance of the Lord's church as, as we look at these facts. And this is the way that the Lord has set it up. Uh, so we don't have to be satisfied just because we say the church is important, that's where the fruit is, not just because, but the scripture makes it very clear to us. Outside the vine, outside the church is no fruit. So, again, the, the comforter is the key to understanding this. In other words, what we say, why in the church? Uh, what, what, what is it there? What is the comforter? The spirit of truth. The abiding comforter. And the comforter, is, well, and we'll go there, uh, is a spirit. The Holy Spirit has different offices. Just as Jesus had different offices. Jesus uh, was the Lamb of God. Jesus is our great shepherd. Jesus is our high priest. Jesus offers the sacrifice, the lamb of which he is, to the Lord for us. So Jesus had many offices, and so does the Holy Spirit. So we're talking, when we talk about the comforter, we're talking about a particular office. Now, I believe the Lord's sheep that he eventually brings into his body are led by the Spirit. I believe they would be given spiritual life, and they're led by the Spirit, or they would never come to the church and hear the call. So, but the abiding comforter is an office of the Holy Spirit. And let's go, I know we talk about this a lot, but again, it's, the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. So John, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter uh, 14, and verse... And he says, our Lord here says, uh, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he might, may abide with you forever. Now that's important as well. So the Lord Jesus Christ was also the first comforter. Again, he had different offices. And what did he do? He opened her eyes. He calls them to see and understand. And he opened the scriptures unto them. So that's what the first comforter did. And, but he says here, uh, I'll pray to the Father and he'll give you another comforter. That's when Jesus Christ uh, would leave his earthly body. It says that he may abide with you forever. And uh, in verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, 
for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So something else we can say about this comforter, this spirit of truth which he places in his church, or the vine, which uh, causes the fruit bearing, it says the world can't receive it. It's not for everyone. It's not my words or opinion. It's not for everyone. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So it's not intended for, for everyone. But it says something else that's very important. He says, uh, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, there's some that believe that the comforter abides within each one of us. Now, I don't believe that is true. I believe the comforter was given on the day of Pentecost, and it filled the house uh, where they were assembled, but it was in the church, in the body of Christ, in the vine. And then it says, and shall be with you. He's in us as a body of Christ with you as a member of that body. I heard that there was a teaching from some folks one time said, well, the only time you're led by the comforter is when you're all assembled here. It was good for attendance. <laughs> so if you don't come, then the rest of the body is not led by the comforter. Pretty good for attendance, just... I said, well, and... and at one of the Bible conferences, it was brought forth. And later in fellowship, I said, well, we've got, a, we've got a problem with that then. I said, if I'm home studying and we're not assembled together, then I'm not led to the comforter. The only thing left is the energy of the flesh. I said, so that's, you know, that can't be true. He said, well, we each have our measure of faith. Well, <laughs> let me just say this. The he's in you as the body of Christ, with you as a member of that body. Whenever you leave, you're still part of the body, still part of this body, still part of the body of Christ, still part of the vine. So I think that's very important. Uh, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you, in you as a body of Christ, with you as a member uh, of that body. And then uh, jump over to verse 26. It says, But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. Now again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit also has these different offices. He's the life giver. And, and I, I truly believe, well I know that he is, that those that he will eventually bring into his body, the Holy Spirit gives them life outside the body, and, and, and they begin to grow some knowledge, and then he brings them into the vine. But, here, but the comforter, is what I'm saying, the comforter, this abiding comforter is only in the body of Christ, is only in that vine, bring the, the nourishments and things that it needs, that the branches need to bear fruit. So verse 26, but the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit? whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. 
Well, that's, that's a really important thing, <laughs> really a good thing. But it says, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Okay, what if you're not led by this comforter? Those that are not, we know it's not for everybody, not for the world. So, but this says, he shall teach you all things. What is there to teach? The truth and the true vine other than this comforter, the spirit of truth. But the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. Isn't that valuable? It sounds like that one that is not under the leadership of this comforter, that they're in the dark, so to speak, outside of the light. He tells the church, you are the light of the world. Not in the body of Christ, still in darkness. And the Lord brings his sheep in his body in his own time. So, uh, so this is vital. I see this as vital. It says, he shall teach you all things. Okay, without it, you're not taught. Verse uh, Go back up to verse 22 for a second. Judas said unto him, not a scarlet, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not the world? That's a good question, isn't it? He said, this comforter is not for the world. The world can't receive it. So this Judas, not a scary, says, Lord, how, how are you going to manifest yourself to us and, and, and not, not the others? How's, you know, how's that possible? Well, because of this country that leads God and directs into all truth. They all have, everybody has the Bible and, and several of them typically. But without the light, without the comforter, without the vine, the sap that comes through the vine to nourish, to bear fruit, then there is none. So this comforter, this spirit of truth uh, will teach, will guide, will lead. And without it, I think it's pretty plain. Um, verse 26 again. So Jesus says, well, how are you going to teach us and not the world? It's the comforter. It's the comforter. That's how. But the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. So this he is not the Bible. So the Bible doesn't do this. It's, it's the he, it's, it's the comforter. But the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. This Bible with ink and paper is not a he. The comforter is referred to as a he. So everybody has the Bible, but without the comforter, in darkness. Now, let me back up just a minute. Again, the Holy Spirit, not as a comforter, but outside the church, will give life. 
and those he plans on bringing to the church will give them that desire to be brought in. And let, let me just give a personal note here. Brother Olson would give an invitation and, uh, well, let me go back a little farther. He would teach, and he would teach about the church and about the comforter and abiding in the body and so forth. And Penny, it kind of made me feel like an outsider. And Olson was a very kind man, and I thought it was kind of strange that that it made me, he made me feel like an outsider. Till I realized I was. I wasn't in the body. Well, but still, what, what again, this is the pers a personal thing to me. What was it, I mean, it was God, but humanly speaking, what it was to me, I, again, he would give an invitation, and I, I would want to, and I thought, I need to know more first. And he'd give another invitation, another time, another week. And I wanted to, but I thought, I need to know more first. But then, when I saw, when the Lord revealed the comfort unto me, in, in the vine, I'm not sure which particular lesson it was that he taught on, the vine and the branches and the comfort in there, and the comfort leads, guides, and directs into all truth, I thought, that's what I want, that's what I'm lacking. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to know more first, but the no more comes after, when he brings you into the body of Christ, into the vine. So uh, we can see the uh, necessity in fruit bearing being under the leadership of the comforter, which is in the body of Christ. Uh, John 16 and I love studying about the comforter. It is so valuable. Again, it's of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the offices of the Holy Spirit, just like studying Jesus. We study him as our good shepherd. We study him as our high priest. We study him as the sacrifice. We study him as the first comforter. So the same we have the Holy Spirit, and this is one of the offices of the Holy Spirit, is the abiding comforter. And, well, mentioned earlier, and he says, I won't, I won't leave you comfortless. I heard, well, I better not go into that story, maybe. Okay, uh, John 16 and verse 7. Still talking about the spirit of truth and the office of the abiding comforter. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Uh, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. So the Lord Jesus Christ was going to depart. And then uh, 50 days later, the day of Pentecost, he was going to send that Comforter. But he says, it's expedient for you that I go away. So this Comforter is a great value. This is, what's going, this is what causes individuals to bear fruit in the body of Christ. We see the grapevine. We see the roots. We see the sap coming up, nourishing uh, up through the vine, nourishing the branches that they would bear the fruit.
And without the vine, without the sap coming through, there is no fruit. The branches certainly can't do it by themselves. Many men will try to take honor and glory for bearing fruit or for producing fruit, but it's not. We only would bear fruit. Okay. Uh, Verse 7 again, let me just read that again, 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come, come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Well, certainly it's expedient because we saw, we've already saw the importance of it. Without it, can, can do nothing. And then in verse 13, nevertheless, when he... Not talking about the Bible. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Do you see the value in the comforter? Understanding where the comforter is, he placed it in the body of Christ. We won't have time to do that this morning. But he placed the comforter uh, in the body of Christ on the day of Pentecost. In the body of Christ, which is the vine. But he says, nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. What else is there to guide? Nothing. Nothing else to guide in the truth. We wouldn't have it on our own. We could study this Bible, as many do, much more than we do. And, and, and not receive the truth, not understand the truth. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. We're, uh, there's a lot of warfare going on in the, in the world and so forth. And it's, it's kind of a common word now. But I remember when the, the smart bombs first come out. You remember that? You know, used to, we had these airplanes and they'd fly over and just bombs would go wherever they uh, would hit and everything, but they came up with these smart bombs, these guided missiles, stuff like that, and uh, they worked different ways, of course, I guess, they had guidance systems, but sometimes there'd be somebody on the ground with a laser pointing at a target, and those smart bombs would track that, and they would hit, I mean, during the Gulf War, didn't we see those, some of those bombs going right through a window, I believe we saw pictures of that, these were smart bombs, they had a guidance system, but if that was cut off, they'd just go wherever. A guidance system. And that's what the comforter is. It's a guidance system. And uh, so we have that link in the body of Christ that leads, guides, and directs into all truth. Without it, miss the target, I guess. What's the target? The target is God's plan of salvation for his sheep, through his son, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a target, isn't it? But those without this guidance system, they'll say things like, well, if you want to get to heaven, <laughs> it's up to you to take the first step, believe, pray through, just the whole, the whole gamut. So if the comforter guides in all truth, those without this guidance system will miss the target. Now, we can't say, well, they're not the Lord's sheep. 
The Lord will bring his sheep in in his own time. He may use you to open their eyes. He may use you to talk about the comfort in the church and the importance of the church. So we looked at the vine, the church, the body of Christ. According to scriptures, can do nothing as far as fruit bearing without. We looked at the comforter, must be guided by the comforter in order to be led into the truth. So it's not my words or my opinion, but according to the scriptures, without him, you can do it doesn't say very little. As far as fruit bearing, without him, you can do nothing. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.